Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Can't get enough of the fan in the morning? Shown up. Because this is nothing like that. Working. Alan Jerry are here with stories they'd never get to cover on the morning show. Very sexy robot. Hey, look at that pig. Shenanigans. Naked yoga. My mother had a bad experience with these ghosts. Let's hump the fence. It's Alan Jerry's post-game podcast. Welcome to the post-game podcast. Uh, Jerry continues his uh, vacation week. Eddie Scazzeri joins me. Hello there, Eddie. Hello, podcast people. Hello. Uh, last night or yesterday, I guess, around the country, they have something called National Night Out. Okay. It's like where different uh, communities will have uh, different events where people can come out and mingle with the police in their neighborhood so they get to meet the police officers, mm-hmm. see what they do, and that sort of thing. And uh, in Bradley Beach, the last two years, including last night, I go out and I flip burgers because uh, we give away burgers. Like mm-hmm. People come out and have some burgers. Can I tell you that legitimately my forearm hurts? Really? Yeah, from flipping burgers for an hour. Like that's how not used to the burger flipping yes. movement my arm is. Like and, it's and you painful. Probably flipped like what a oh, two hundred burgers. Probably. It was yeah. I did it. I did it for an hour. I did it from six to seven because I have to get home and go to sleep. It was a uh, like um. Across the street, on the uh, beach? was it was uh, no, it was on the on the boardwalk, a little further down from where I live. But, okay, uh, yeah, it was a good time. I got to meet some people. I uh, flipped burgers with the mayor and the police officers. I didn't see any of the canine dogs, which I did last year. They probably came out later when I uh, after I had left. And you, of course, you know all the police. I do know all the police. But I was thinking, I don't think I've called the police in like a full year. Wow. Yeah, it's been a while. That's that's good. It's been a while, and uh, Means, but all the police know me there. But things are good in Bradley Beach. Yeah, I guess people have not been suspicious enough for me to call. Because mm-hmm. when you see something, you say something. That's I, correct. I say something by dialing my police, whose number I have in my phone, as everyone should have their... The local. The not, local. Not just 911. No, no. I only call... I really do only call 911 if it's a true emergency. Right, right. If I see somebody suspicious roaming around Bradley Beach, I'll call my local police. Because mm-hmm. they'll get there quicker, too. But wouldn't the nine one one go to them or not? I have, no? I think nine one one goes to a nine one one dispatch, and, and then, then they, they can okay they can go. But I always feel like nine one one somebody better be shot, yeah, or on stabbed fire. on fire. I've called nine one one for like uh, when I've seen a car on fire or on the side fights. of the road. Uh, I did call nine one one for yeah. dog fights, but that you didn't know. I didn't know what to do. I I thought, yeah, I needed to call nine one one for that. Let them figure out. 
Exactly. Do the police come? Do the fire? Do like who shows up for a dog fight? And in terms of like nonsense, nine one one calls. I'm sure that's not even in the top, you know, fifty thousand. Yeah, because they did have to disperse yes, somebody. Sure. Here's one thing I did not know about nine one one calls. We, all, I always assumed that if I called nine one one and hung up, that they would know where I was calling mm-hmm. from and they'd come anyway because they thought you were in such trouble yes. that you got. That's only on landlines. When you call from a cell phone, they have no idea where you are. Is that right? Yeah. I guess that it was not long enough time to ping it or yeah. triangulate it. But interesting you say that about the landlines. I was doing a Giants remote with Russ and Steve in Albany when they still trained. This is how long ago. Yeah. They were still training up in Albany. And to use the landline to dial out, you had, you had to dial like nine to get out. And then it, so... I mistakenly dialed 911 and hung up. 15 minutes later, a police car showed up. They Right, because because it was a landline. Yep. And I guess that was put in for that very reason. Yes. But now so many people call from a cell phone. And, yeah, and not many. The landlines don't exist yeah, for, for a lot of people. Don't exist. When I moved back here in 2001, I did not get a landline. Mm-hmm. I said, I'm going to try going just cell phone. Because that was when they started to package cell phones like... They package your minutes, so mm-hmm. uh, it, you got a lot of, like, if you called another Verizon customer, that was free. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't, uh, it, it it seemed to make more financial sense not to get a landline. Mm-hmm. And now, I think if you, you would only get a landline now if you had a very specific reason for a landline. Correct, yeah. Or you've been in your home for so long. That it's just there. Yeah. Which brings me to this it came up during a commercial break. You had mentioned... You've only lived in two homes your entire life. That is correct. The house you grew up in. Correct. So you were born when you were born and taken home from the hospital. You went to this house. I went to that house on Staten Island, uh, and because my family had moved, my parents, my two older sisters had moved there a few months before I was born. Okay. So I came home from the hospital to to that house. Grew up there. And uh, about a few months before we got, my wife and I got married, we bought a home in Edison, where I am still in that same Unbelievable. house. Yeah. I've lived in two places my yeah. whole life. That's pretty wild. Yeah. I was thinking back after you had said that, I was like, man, just in my time that I've been here, I've been here for 16 years. Mm-hmm. I've lived in uh, Woodbridge. Basking Ridge, Matawan, Bradley Beach. Four different places in the time that I've been with WFN. And I've been to three of those residences. I did not go to Basking Ridge. Oh, okay. Uh, and I was there I, nine I, years. I, I know. That was the longest one. Yeah. I picked you up when you had to fly somewhere from you, the Woodbridge place. Yes. Because uh, you want, didn't want to take your car. Right. Because you were going out to some remote or something. And then I came to your Matawan place to help you move a mattress. Yes. And then I've been to the Bradley Beach a number of times. Yeah, we, we moved that mattress to Bradley to Beach. To there, but then you had us over, uh, and then we went there with Boomer and Geo. Oh, right, yeah. So I've been there a number of times. Okay, good, yeah. So you've only been in the two places. Do you feel like, now, like, are you connected to those two places now? Like, it, I don't ever feel like I've connected to 
the physical homes that I've been in, mm-hmm. other than my childhood home. Well, yes. Well, obviously, my my the home I grew up in for sure, and because my parents lived there still until they passed, and then my sister and her husband they were living in a like a mother daughter situation uh, in that house, and then my sister now owns the home. My youngest sister. And she lives there. So she lives there still. So I still have a connection to that place, and I'm there frequently. Did she? Does it look much different from? It does. It does like it, she redecorated it? Uh, well, they had done renovations over the years, a few major renovations. So, uh, it, it there is, you know, the the backyard is similar, and this, but the, it, it, there's still enough of it there, and I, and obviously since I've been there over the years constantly, that I, I kind of got used to the renovations as they happen so yeah it still feels the same but it looks very different yeah than when it did when i was growing up there and my my edison home it's funny you say about a connection it took me a long time till it felt like home i don't know why but it took i would say close to 15 years for me to really feel otherwise it felt like what I don't those, know. Just your the, first ten years there felt like like that. That's what this is where I live, but it didn't feel like home. I don't know why. Did it not feel permanent? Like, did you think you were no, moving no, somewhere I, else? I didn't, but it just I didn't have the connection. And again, I I can't explain why, but I I do have it now. You know, since I've been there since 1991. So that's the thing when you when you were in somewhere for a long time, like you pay that mortgage off, like it legitimately gets paid off. Yeah. And so many times people, not only when you move, you're, they start a whole new 30-year mortgage, but then even the real bad thing to do is if you're in a place for 10 years and you refinance and you take it as another 30-year mortgage, mm-hmm. that's a killer. Yeah. Can't do that. Yeah, I haven't had a mortgage payment in quite some time. Yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a big thing to get knocked out. Yes. For your financial future. Absolutely. Like they always say, like before before you retire, that home should be paid for wherever it is mm-hmm. you're living. Like that yeah. that's what you gotta get figured out. Cause that's such a big chunk of the money we spend a month. Mm-hmm. And if you're gonna be living on less money Correct. because you're retiring, you can't yeah. be making that payment. With social security payments. And- yeah, because you're already gonna have to pay taxes. Mm-hmm. And then, unfortunately for someone like me in a condo, I'm paying a freaking HOA, Homeowners mm-hmm. Association fee. And the, the uh, property taxes in New Jersey, very high. Yes. Like, I, I think I have like a 50 by 100 lot with, uh, well, it's not a Cape Cod anymore, but that's what it was. I My property taxes are close to $13,000. Right, so that's over $1,000 a month. Yeah. Like you have no mortgage payment, but you're paying $1,000 yeah. a month right. for taxes. Yeah. And yeah, one house, and I've had one girlfriend in my life, and one job. And now I had wow. I had jobs, part time jobs. You know, I was a paper boy. I worked uh, in a in a paper mill summers in college, and you know, uh, had all these you know little part time jobs at school and this and that. But I've had one house as an adult, one girlfriend and my wife, and one job. Unbelievable. I don't know if that says something very good about me or very sad about me or both at the same time well i think you can look at it both ways like i think it's uh very solid to have that consistency Mm -hmm. 
Um, but then you also maybe missed out on some experiences. Sure. But you could have also missed out on terrible experiences. Yeah. Right. And and if I'm happy, then what the hell? Right. You you did it like what that used to be. Mm-hmm. What would happen? Right. You'd get a ha- you'd you'd marry your high school sweetheart. Your high school sweetheart. You'd go to work for a place and and you would work there till you retired. Yep. You'd buy a house with your now new wife and live in there until. Mm-hmm. You downsize after you right. retire. The and only thing kids move non-traditional. Out. I didn't have children. Right. That was the only thing. Right. And don't go to church. And do- those two things. <laughs> yeah. Non-procreating atheists. But other than that, normal. And you've had how many dogs since you moved into your Edison home? Well, I uh, had a dog growing up, and the the you know the family dog from when I was like uh, three till he passed when I was in college. Um, and I've had now okay. Since, oh, because you guys had all those dogs. I had training eye. See, we did not have. We had cats at first, um, but then we didn't start with the dogs until 2005. And I've raised um, uh, eight dogs for the seeing eye, and I've adopted back three of them, and one of them has passed. And now uh, I have. I, then we adopted a non-seeing eye a pup. So. I've had four dogs. One has passed. Three are still alive. But I've, you know, raised, if you count the the ones I raised for the seeing eye, would be nine. How did you, I'm not even sure how you got into that. Well, um, when my wife stopped uh, her, air quotes, regular job, you know, was a computer programmer, and she started working from home with her, uh, you know, she's had two, independent businesses like in the one was about uh, scrapbooking one was now the yarn business when she started doing that i said let's you know maybe get a dog and i wanted a dog dog not a small dog i wanted at least a you know 60 pound dog and this was the seeing being a volunteer puppy raiser for the seeing eye was a way to see if my wife could handle a larger breed dog Without making a lifetime commitment. But how'd you even know that was a thing? Uh, we, I don't know how we stumbled onto it, um, but it was in 2004 when we started thinking about it um, that we, we just, I, I actually don't remember. We might have seen somebody out with a seeing eye puppy, and that's probably how it happened because we've told a lot of people who you, who saw us about it, and then they've gotten involved. Um, but yeah, it was just a way to see if my wife could handle a larger breed dog because she was going to be the primary caretaker because she was at home and I was commuting to work. So it was uh, something we tried, and then it was she found that she not only could she handle it, she really liked it, and then we when they took that first pup away from us, it just broke our hearts and then but we were already on our second pup at the time and then we were in and uh yeah and now it's uh 2023 that started almost 20 years ago and And when i do retire that's something we will consider again raising pups for the seeing eye again and why did why did you get a dog why did you adopt a dog that was non-seeing eye well um when Harley passed, uh, who was our second seeing eye pup, the first one we got back, uh, we decided we liked having three 
dogs. But my wife, because of her business, she couldn't make the commitment to doing all the stuff you needed to do for the seeing eye, like going to all the meetings and all the events and all that stuff. And at the end, before we left the program, she was actually running the our local chapter uh, with another gal. Um, and it was just too much, and she wanted to expand her business. So she knew we couldn't make the – or she couldn't make the commitment to go to all the puppy meetings and all that because she was the one – because I go to bed at 6 o'clock, and they're in the evening. So that's why we decided to adopt Raymond uh, because we just couldn't make the commitment to the seeing eye. Raymond is like he's got some pit bull in him. Yes, he's about 65% pit. Is that right? 65%? Yes. He's a solid dog, though. Yeah, he is. Yeah, I'm over my whole pit bull thing. Yeah, and he's not fierce, although he's got that. I don't know. I I, I think it's more some of the other stuff in him than the pit because, you know, most pits are all happy and not really, like, aggressive with other dogs. And not that he's, like, aggressive, but he... His hackles go up and he barks. And, like, if you took him off leash, he'd be playing in two seconds. The dogs work that stuff out off leash immediately. But he likes to play Mr. Tough Guy for a few seconds, and then he backs down. It's funny, like, walking my dog around the neighborhood. When dogs are on their porch, they're, they seem very aggressive. They're on guard. They're on guard. And then you see those same dogs that wanted to kill us. And they're on a walk. They're very friendly. It's yeah. so weird. Yeah. Like they, they get on their porch and they are like, do not walk past this house. Right. Certain breeds, not all, like golden retrievers, usually yeah, that's if they're, true. they're they barking. Care. It's like, oh, I want to play with it. <laughs> yeah. It's not that, hey, watch out. Yeah. But the ones you really got to watch are the ones that just are not moving and just staring at you. Yeah. Well, we got a Doberman in the neighborhood. They're just like looking at you. That's <laughs> yeah. trouble. That Doberman, a Doberman is like always on guard. Yeah. Like they don't look like they ever relax. Although if you see a, an unaltered Doberman with the floppy ears and a long tail, totally different vibe. I heard Joe Rogan say this about dog ears. He said that, and he said this with the bloodhounds in particular, mm-hmm. but he said when the dogs are running with their floppy ears that their ears are picking up scents. Like they're or they're, they're wafting f- it towards their nose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That they're flopping their ears to mm-hmm. waft it. Yeah, that is I unbelievable science. I, I don't know if they're they're. Or I don't nature. know if there's muscles that make them flop in a certain way, or yeah. just, it just happens because they have floppy ears. I don't know that, but yeah, I would totally believe that, especially for those those the hounds with yeah, those, the bloodhounds with the increased uh, into all dogs have great noses, but the hounds are even better. Yeah, it's tough to walk a hound. Because, my goodness. It's tough to walk a terrier sometimes because if they have a high prey drive like Raymond does, he's given up on birds. He doesn't go crazy for the birds, but any squirrel or cat. Rabbits. Yeah. He he gets all excited and wants to go probably chase and kill because that's what they do. And then again, with the other dogs, he although he's getting better, he's, he's getting older. He stops. He doesn't act up as badly as he did when he was uh, younger. Do you think he'll stop wanting to chase squirrels? Never. Never. No. And my dog bailed on the 
on the squirrels and rabbits about a year into walking her. Right. Well, but again, her upbringing was that that's what they trained her to do. To, to chase a rabbit. Yeah. Chase fake rabbit. Fake rabbit. But yeah, she, she, she quit on that pretty, well, that's pretty good. quickly. But yeah, very tough to walk. Like, and I don't know what to do when you're walking a dog that just wants to smell stuff because I've been told that that's how they, uh, they can burn energy by doing that. Mm hmm. And I also don't want to be pulling our way from right. smelling and, stuff, and, but sometimes it like it takes me yes. twenty minutes to go to a block, and, and it's and it's fun for them. It's entertaining, you know. It's their time out of the house. You don't want to curtail that, but with the seeing eye, because even not like all dogs want to sniff stuff. I mean, certain breeds are are worse, like the the hounds or the beagles, those sort of dog tracking dogs. But they just tell us you have to just keep correcting constantly to have them not do that yeah but and for us we 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 walk at a brisk pace and 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 raymond's not too much of a sniffer because his eyes are just up and looking everywhere the others would if we allowed it but then sort of you get to a place where they're you know maybe they're gonna do their business and then you let them sniff around there for a few minutes and then you continue the rest of your walk so you kind of let them get it in my dog goes into a trot when she's about to poop. Mm. Like she starts. Yeah. yeah, Cooper does that too. And they'll run back and forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just strange. <laughs> and it's also funny, like when Raymond and, and Cooper are playing, and then all of a sudden one of them, I can tell they're going to have to go poop or pee. Yeah. And, and the other dog, like some, they must be giving off some signal because the other dogs will stop then playing with them and let them go do their business. And what do you think they're doing when it's like, like my dog will go into a trot, start to squat down, then yes. go be like, no, 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 down there instead, and then goes to squat, goes, no, 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 back no. that other place. Right. What the hell are they doing? I don't know. It must be some sort of. Um, I know for the the peeing, it's like a marking, marking the territory. I guess poop is a similar thing, maybe, but they're they're yeah. looking for the perfect spot. Yeah, and it's it's very entertaining to watch. Yeah, very funny. My dog now too will like, and I, I guess this is a marking thing. Will pee on uh, dead animals. Mm -hmm. She sees a dead bird in the road. She smells it, pees on it. Mm -hmm. What? Yeah. I, what yeah, is she like, doing? Hey, this. I'm gonna come back for this later. <laughs> Everybody else, stay away. <laughs> this is mine. I might eat this bird bones later. Yeah, this is strange, man. I'm surprised we haven't figured out a way to communicate with dogs better. Like, like that Elon Musk. Doesn't work on that. Like how to to know what our dog is thinking, oh, what the, 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 the dog wants uh, from like, us. Like a sort of a, you know, a brain interface. Yeah, like a brain interface. Yeah. Well, because, you know, we obviously, we communicate very well with them. Yeah. You know, they understand a, a, a maybe 10 or some breed, some, some dogs, like hundreds of human words they understand. And yeah, obviously you can read their tail, read the the arch of their back, their ears, their eyes. You can understand their emotions a lot of the time, but and they can understand ours. And I don't know if we talked about it, but the, the pointing thing where domestic dogs will follow a human point where wolves wolves will not. And that's the difference that they've been with us for, you know, twenty five thousand years. We've sort of co evolved. So we do communicate a lot. And you watch some of the, the, the guide dogs, and I never got to this level. I was, I was just doing basic stuff. But you watch guide dogs with the blind person or those 
those herding dogs who just like oh i love a herding dog oh my god it's like they they smart as heck and they, they and they they are communicating and working with people what are those herding dogs called the the black and white ones oh uh border collies border collies very smart i have seen some crazy videos about i saw one where there was, it was this whole big group of sheep mm-hmm. and the border collie ran on top of them to get to the end of the of the sheep oh, like on their back on their backs to get to the end of the line to push them the other way. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is fun to watch some of those videos. And if you get one of those dogs, let's say you get one of those dogs as a puppy. Mm-hmm. It has something in its DNA that it's going to do that even if it's not trained. Yes. It, it, yeah. And and uh, uh, people who get border collies, if they have uh, small children or there's a group of children, they will oftentimes herd the children. Seriously. And, you know, and, and I guess maybe sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes it could be a very bad thing. But, uh, yeah. yeah, that that's and they that those kind of dogs, they need space and they need activity and to work to have a border collie be like whimsy, um, like where we're gone. You're gone all day. That would be terrible. Yeah. You have to get the right breed. Right. Um, you know, but the border collies need work and need activity i've seen the ones i'm sure you've seen it too the videos where they're in a big field and there's Mm -hmm. like four of them and how they they have precise movements where one moves then the next one moves it's unbelievable yeah and that's all comes from the you know because they're pack animals yeah and and from the you know that's in their genes how they used to eat you have to hunt things and and do that sort of thing all the time and work together yeah and take down animals that were you know Four times their weight or more sometimes. But yeah, you see a border collie. I mean, he's what, 60 pounds? And he is controlling, you know, thousands of pounds of sheep. Yes. It's insane. I'd love to get a bunch of border collies and let them loose on the beach on a Saturday in the summer. Just see if they'd herd the yeah, people. Yeah, herd people. Yeah, get them out. If I was like, let's get these people off the beach. Yeah, time to go. Herd them out. Yeah, but like, what would they do if the sheep didn't? listen to like you mentioned about like those like let's say there's a group of children and you have a family and you have a border collie and the the dog's trying to herd the children well then like because if you like if you ever like if you watch some of the videos you know they'll bark and say like if that sheep doesn't respond then they'll be like hey let's go and then they'll get more and more assertive and the the last like resort is to they're not going to kill the animal but it will nip at them and say let's go oh really and ultimately the sheep will be like okay because (laughs) because they're sheep you know but they'll nip at the heels for sure to get them moving but you don't want them doing that to a child be very traumatic i've seen in some of the i don't know if this was like a skills competition between these dogs or this is how they train them but they had some where they were like herding um these geese and things Mm -hmm. through a very tiny opening where it's like they could only have gone into like a very narrow Thing. And it's unbelievable to see the animals get in line because they know the dogs are yeah. telling them, right? You know, go through this. And because the sheep aren't, and maybe sheep, like you know, they're not, you know, as smart as dogs. But if the sheep wanted to, if there's like eighty sheep and a right and two dogs. 
they're like, okay, somebody's going to get bit, but we can take these guys. <laughs> right. We're going to all go at one time. Yeah, someone's getting injured, but, but chances we, are not you. If we trample these guys, yeah. it's over. Then we're right? free. And then we'll show them the next time. Right. But they don't. They don't. They, they don't, don't think do that. like that. No. Because they're, you know, herd animals. They're friggin' sheep. Yeah. You sheep. All right, let's do the warm-up show. All right. Uh, I did that with CeeLo. You did, and it was feisty. Middle oh, segment, yeah, it was feisty. feisty. I was fighting. with CeeLo went all... Uh, he went all Jerry fraud on Jerry you. calling me a fraud. Mm-hmm. Like yelling. He was fired yeah, up. Yeah, he was fired up. That really is the fired middle up. segment of the warm-up, Woo. which we'll be following this. Uh, tomorrow, we'll do the warm-up with CeeLo. Mm-hmm. Post-game with uh, Eddie, you again, and Stugat and yes. Gio yes. tomorrow morning. I'm looking forward to yeah, that. Yeah, me too. Something new. Something a little different. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we'll see you uh, at 5 a.m. for the warm-up show, CeeLo and I. Until then, so Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride-or-die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus Baseline underneath, bank shot. No, Ewing slams in the follow. And the Knicks go up by one with 26 seconds remaining. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. The buzzer sounds, and the New York Knickerbockers are going back to the NBA Finals. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Alan Jerry, 
don't worry, it's only an hour long, and most days it doesn't suck. Oh, it never sucks. Good morning, uh, warm-up program time. My name is Al Dukes. I am with CeeLo today because Jerry Reckles on vacation in Texas and was in the house when uh, Astros, what's this fellow's name? Fromber Valdez. Fromber Valdez threw a no-hitter, which... Jerry and I have talked about it here. No hitters, not that exciting. Perfect games where it's at. But I suppose when you're in the building, as Jerry was, because Jerry seemed very excited about it. Tweeted us. Tweeted us. He tagged us in it. Hey, look at me. I'm here. I was even scrolling Instagram this morning. I see an Instagram post by Jerry. Double down. He's into it. Meanwhile, we sit here on most days and say, eh, not that exciting. Now, he only walked one dude. So close. (sighs) 93 pitches, too. Would have been incredible. Very, very efficient. Yeah, he was close. But hey, when you're in the building, it's much more exciting. Yeah, you're there with your kids. They love baseball. It's always more exciting when you're in the building. Hell, the Royals fans went nuts last night when the umpires finally ruled a balk as the game-winning run for the Royals in the bottom half of the 10th. The people behind home plate jumped up and started yelling and screaming like they won the World Series. Because it was exciting. When you see a walk, you don't get to see a walk-off balk. It's a lot like a no-hitter. But you didn't even get like the emphatic call from the home plate ump. He wasn't sure. They had to conference near the mound. It was confusing at first. Yeah. With the Mets season over, I'm not even watching Met highlights. I understand. I'm not trying to pivot right over to the Met game. Uh, You're right, though, because I was like, you know what? The Mets are only going on my show sheet for really dumb things. So (laughs) they made it again today. They they balked. (laughs) To lose a game in the bottom the of the 10th. The guy didn't even throw a pitch. Right. Uh, I even, the old pitch com. I forgot the pitch com. And yeah. And the guy who came in? No idea who Never that heard is. Never of him. Josh Walker. Josh Walker. Right. Well, there's going to be a lot of that now the rest of the way. Because Al, you hear that sound? Yeah. It's the end of baseball season in New York. Yes. Well, I thought your Yankees are supposed to still uh, really battling for that third wild card spot. Yeah, they're in it to win it. Man, said I just Brian saw Cashman. Is it true that if you don't use it, you lose it? That's what he sounded like when he said that. I, you don't get. You don't know what movie that's. Called. I don't know. Okay. No, go ahead. I don't see a lot of movies. Yeah, I did. See, every once in a while, somebody posts something on Twitter that legitimately makes me laugh. Me too. I love a good. I love a good laugh out loud for yeah. real. A lot of times, it's not. You got to weed through a lot of stuff. But yeah. just before I hit the microphone, I was scrolling to get the pulse of the people. And a uh, that's what you like bleeding the clock here, right? Taking it right down to the last yeah, minute like before you turn see. your mic on to see what's going on on the gram. Yeah, just to All see right. uh, where uh, not like uh, Twitter, just see what people are. And it's really weird yeah. to see a wide range of Mets fans in particular who are angry at the sell off and those who are happy at the sell off. It's there, a weird it doesn't mix. seem to be a middle ground because no. I took a shot at Max Scherzer yesterday on Twitter and people were either like, thank, couldn't agree more, and others were like, this is a reach. You, you don't make any sense here. So this is uh, something uh, from a um, a handle called Fireside Yankees. Let me see okay. what type of a following they've got. 17,000 followers, Fireside very Yankees. Very respectable. Uh, I guess it's probably like a podcast or something. Mm-hmm. They have a, a video clip of when Brian Cashman is nice enough to do that thing for the homeless where he sleeps out right. on the sidewalk. Also, doesn't he also like repel off he a building? Repels. Is yeah, that so the same event? I believe it's the same okay. event. I believe he repels from a building then sleeps on it's the street. It's in Connecticut, right? It is. Yeah, yeah. And he does it for the homeless. It's a really nice thing to do. Mm-hmm. So they post the video of Brian Cashman getting in a sleeping bag on the sidewalk. (laughs) It says, live look at Yankees GM Brian Cashman just a few hours before the trade deadline. Oh, man. (laughs) Taking the day off. 
That made me laugh. That's a good one. Yeah. So with the Yankees in the trade deadline, I just felt like it was like, ah, we, there, there was, was there just nothing out there for them? That was part of it. I also think they didn't know what they wanted to do, which might sound like a real like simplification of the whole thing. Yeah. But heck, I saw that one of the uh, baseball guys for the Athletic yesterday tweeted uh, out a quote he got from a rival executive, of course, unnamed, and said something along the lines of like, Yankees have been very frustrating to deal with this deadline. Like they, they, you know, bleep or get off the pot. They couldn't figure out which way they wanted to go. So I understand what you just referenced with the the video or image of Cashman in the sleeping bag. This wouldn't be Cashman, but to me, the better like image or GIF would be the. Larry David from Curb, where he's like, you can see he's like pondering on one hand, and then on the other hand, and you can see the wheels turning in the head. That's what I think has been going on with the Yankees leading into this trade deadline. And then, uh, well, they got two pitchers. Hey, come on. Who, who are they? Yeah. Kenyon Middleton, who's sort of a journeyman, fine, another arm for the pen. And the other guy already got the option to the minors. Spencer so. Howard. Yeah. He's gone already. So, so Spencer Howard. Yeah. Wow. Now, in I, I won't even say in their defense, but like, the names, the Angels beat them to Randall Gritchuk. That was a name we heard. And the other one, the name that everyone assumed, like the low-hanging fruit, was Cody Bellinger. And we talked about the Cubs caught fire, won eight in a row, and all of a sudden they were, not only did they keep Bellinger, they were acquiring guys. Right. He not, was, you know, top-of-the-line guys, but they decided to buy a little bit. So that went right out the window. He was They scored 20 the runs last night, the Cubs. I saw that. Yeah. They had seven home runs, I believe. <laughs> Smack the Reds, uh, twenty to what the nine? Heck was that I think it was twenty to nine. Is that a week two game? Twenty to nine. Yeah, you got to think like the Reds did score nine runs. Yeah, that should be enough to win. Normally Zilo. it would be. Wake now, me the next time the Yankees score nine runs. Yeah, the Yankees don't score a lot of runs now. I believe and they have the third fewest in baseball since the All Star break. Third fewest runs. Correct. So they lose a five two. Yeah. Got shut out into the ninth. Into the ninth. Absolutely sh- nothing cooking. They showed a little life, CeeLo. Did they? I they guess. did. A couple of doubles. A an little error. life, yeah. And then... Uh, and the Yankees have a base runner. I think I'll wet my pants. A big pinch hit spot for Carlos... Uh, for uh, Giancarlos. Giancarlo Stanton. You're combining Rodon and Stanton. Yeah. I'm confusing <laughs> them. Uh, and he gets a big he whiff. He got blown away by Big whiff City Banks. game over. Absolutely blown See away. Ya. John Boy posted a video where he was like... At home, holding his infant, you know, like rocking her while watching the last at bat live and trying to predict the pitch sequence from Pete Fairbanks. And he's like, oh, he's definitely going slider here. Bang, fastball. He's got to throw the slider now. Bang, 97 right down the middle. Couldn't catch up. He's like, okay, obviously I was dead wrong. And the game's over. See you later. And Carlos Rodon was not good again. No. Four innings, four runs, five runs. What was it? Five four innings. How did you, what did you say it, about the five team four part? Four innings. Yeah. Four runs, two home runs, four walks, four walks. I think that was a well. That was a full four innings for Carlos Rodon. Yeah, he was sweating pretty uh, oh profusely. Had they had a lot of work there. So what's that? Three straight in a row uh, losses for the Yankees. Three in a row and four out of five since Judge came back. So are we pretending they're still going to be the third? Brian wild? Cashman is. Yeah, we're wild in it card. to win it. Just wait. Look, we've got Nestor Cortez and Jonathan Lewisaga coming back, baby. Let's oh, go here. That's like signing free agents at the trade deadline. Yeah, they, yeah, that's exactly what back. he pulled yesterday. He did. Yes. Yeah. That's the old boom, boomer He gimmick. knew that he couldn't sell Kenyon Middleton to the fan base. So, yeah. well, but wait, though. We've got our reinf- – this is our additions at the deadline. 
Nestor and Lewisaga. So why are they losing with Aaron Judge? I thought like when they were doing all the losing, we were like, wait till Aaron Judge comes back. Things uh, going to change. I think we said hopefully he comes back. Oh. Hopefully he's, you know, healthy enough to survive the season. Hopefully some of these other guys get going. It is a team game, Al. It is. They can't, you know, hand the ball to Judge and have him take 40 shots, you know. He only comes up once every nine batters. That doesn't seem fair. That's the way the game works. Just let him hit a couple so, times. He got into a ball on a 3-0 count, looked off the bat like maybe it'd be it a did. home run. It, it, it was not. It did not. I don't even think it hit the warning track. Yeah, strange. Yeah, it is weird sometimes. Looks, you know, the way you see some balls he hits that not only are over the fence, but like way over the fence. Yeah. That one looked like it might have been that. It was not. It was not. No. It just died We've out already there. seen him have a couple of three walk games. Right. You know? They don't want to pitch Other to him. Other than Saturday, yeah, they've been, they pit, the Orioles pitched to him, and he murdered them the way he normally does. But I guess when no one is hitting around you, they don't have to pitch to you. Exactly. That's, yeah. That's the that's the ball game. And they changed. He put, they, uh, they put Glaber behind him last night instead of Rizzo. Didn't really do anything. Hey, Rizzo. Hey, Rizzo. Now, Aaron. She probably doesn't even want him to sit on her face at this point. I wouldn't. Right? Aaron Boone said that uh, about Aaron Judge, yeah, he's not his normal self. Here we go. Good boy. Five games Boy, back. Good thing uh, we have Aaron Rodgers coming around. We're uh, going gonna to get uh, uh, hard knocks next week. We're going to get into Aaron Rodgers. Uh-huh. you got the Giants. Saquon's I'm very nervous. There. I'm very nervous about all that. Like, we're good until, I would say... At minimum, October first. Yeah, but like, I, mean, I keep. I'm, I hate to be a broken record. Not just the Jets, the Giants as well. Those schedules early Tough schedules. on. For the Giants, it's more logistics. For the Jets, it's opponent based. But like, could see either team burying themselves early. That that would be that would. That I might would give up disaster. on sports if the 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 Jets don't have a good season. Like I just yeah I mean yeah I, I might give up on sports. I just might never look forward to anything. Because I looked so forward to this Mets season. Yeah. Scherzer, Verlander. Gone. Gone. I looked... Right, we buried the lead. We didn't even mention the Verlander. Yeah, well, yeah, now we're here. <laughs> we, got a, we got a bunch of things to yeah, dissect I'm sure here. you have a lot of items on your list you want I to get to today. I do have items. I have items. But, uh, yeah, I just all season long, the Yankee fans, and I guess even Brian Cashman now, I feel like, uh, like there was no concern. I guess early on... They were losing the AL East, right? It was like they were never competitive at t- well, in the first Rays, place. Well, the Rays, I mean, boat raised everybody initially, and it, well, no one will ever catch them, and then here we are, and the Orioles are in first place. But then we always assumed it was like, ah, well, at the very least, we're getting the wild card. Right, eh, these extra wild card spots, division doesn't matter, yep. you can get in, a lot more teams involved. But so now once I'm, you're in, anything can happen. Now I'm feeling uh, less confidence and in Yankee fans. And there's still just three ga- yeah, I mean, I think that's been the case for a while. I don't yeah. think that's just a recent thing. I mean, they're three games pretty much out since Judge went. They're three on the loss column out, and they have been, despite losing four out of five. It's been that way all week. Every day I've come in. Oh, there's still just three out in the loss column, which seems not bad, right? But I would say to you at this moment on August second at five thirteen in the morning, that yes. I my feel on them right now as they are at. 55 and 52. So now they're three out on the loss side in the wild card race, and they're three over 500. Same number, two different categories. I would say there's a better chance of them finishing below 500 for the first time since I think 1992 than them 
getting into the postseason. Is that right? That's how I feel right now. That'd be some wild Nobody's stuff. hitting, and, and Boone's already telling you that Judge is not himself. And their second, quote-unquote, second-best pitcher, starter, at least as it shakes out in the depth chart, is pitching to an ERA over six since he's actually you know decided to show up and, 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 and play. The only guy that should be walking around all cocky over there is uh, the Garrett guy on Cole. the mound tonight. Yeah, that's it. Oh, and all he has to do is pitch against Tampa Bay's best, Shane McClanahan. I wonder how that's going to go. And oh, by the way, guess who they're probably seeing Friday night at the stadium when the Astros come to town? Verlander. How about that? That's pretty. He'll cool. stick it right up their arse again. That is pretty cool. Justin Verlander in the Bronx <laughs> Friday night. Yeah. Oh hi, here I am back in the Astros uniform. Just kidding. I was listening to uh, uh, Evan and Tiki yesterday, and and Morash and Morash, yeah. the Morash show, mm-hmm. and uh, I just couldn't believe. Like I was like, okay, it's August. Yesterday was August first. Yeah, it's like Max Scherzer's not on the Mets. He gone. Justin Verlander's now not on the Mets. They traded five guys, and they well, were sitting there that, discussing yeah. whether Pete Alonso could potentially go. Yeah. Well, if you that read the Max weird. Scherzer comments, he couldn't wait to run to Ken Rosenthal and give him his, you know, his unfiltered thoughts. And then, uh, to be fair, doubled down in his press conference uh, when the Rangers introduced him. Like, he he outlined it for you before Billy Epler even had a chance to speak to the media. Well, they said this and this. And like, and then I was like, and then he was like, it was like, it was like sitting at a high school lunch table listening to the gossip about the breakup in, in school. And then he said, and yeah. then she so said. So his point was like they indicated to him anybody – not just guys that had expiring deals this year, but guys that were signed through the end of next year, which included Alonzo, Quintana, I think there was one other name beyond Verlander, that they were all up for grabs. And to be fair, because I was kind of harsh with Max yesterday, Epler did basically say, you know, we took calls, and if we felt that the value added up, you know, we were open to making deals on just about everyone. Now, obviously, they didn't trade Alonzo. They didn't trade anybody beyond Verlander and Pham yesterday, which... Yeah, we expected Fam, and I think when we left here at 10 a.m., we expected Verlander at that point. Yeah. But it seems like they're open-minded to all kinds of different possibilities and combinations right now. Well, let's get into the Mets situation uh, after the break and what we can expect just next season. I don't... I don't know that you we know us, what we can expect. You, Everyone right now on August 2nd wants to talk like, well, they know yeah. exactly what kind of team the Mets are going to roll out there on opening day next year. We have no idea. Oh, we don't. No. Oh, we know. C-O. No, we don't. Oh, Sorry. yes, we All do. All we know is that Scherzer and Verlander won't be on the team. That That's what correct. we know. That we know for it. Yeah. And my main man, Tommy Pham, who I like Tommy Pham. He could be. But. Technically, he could be. He could be back. So could Robertson. That's true. Canna, probably not, because he had an option. Not that you're looking to bring him back. All right, let's take a quick break here. Uh, at 6 o'clock, Geo with Joe Beningo, day two coming up. But uh, CeeLo and I have some Mets after the break. We've got some Aaron Rodgers. we got some Jets. we got some NFL. Uh, we'll take it to 6 o'clock. Before we get started, I just want to say on behalf of every single Met fan out there, this is the Rico Bronya Podcast. On behalf of all of the people that were at Chase Stadium on that October night, on behalf of every Met fan that's watched this man pitch, let me just tell Adam Wainwright... Can you go f- yourself? <laughs> wow. Wow, you weren't kidding. You were you came in hot. Subscribe and listen to the Rico Bronya podcast. Available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf and the metronome of your life, baseball. 
Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the warm-up program. My name is Al Dukes. I'm with CeeLo today. Eddie Scazzeri is here as well. Jerry uh, was at the Astros game last night where there was a no-hitter. One walk away from a perfect game. What's that fellow's name again? Fromber Valdez. Yeah, I like him. He's uh, had an excellent season yeah. last year. I don't like uh, if I'm rooting for the other team and he's on the mound, I don't like that. Well, the Astros, have since they got Altuve and Alvarez back, I think Valdez might have missed some time at one point as well. Uh, they are looking like the Astros normally look. Oh, now yeah. they get Verlander back in the fold, and away they go. They'll be ready to roll. I know Al didn't see this. But you, you don't s- know that. Did you see any of the post game with, mm-hmm. uh, with Valdez? I did not. He was wearing a shirt that had his name on it. It was awesome. Nice. Full name? Yeah. That's just that's all it said. Fromber Valdez. That was a picture of him. Yeah. <laughs> that's excellent. <laughs> as he should. Now let's get into this Mets situation as everything unfolded yesterday. Uh, Max Scherzer went running to uh, Ken Rosenthal, the Athletic. Yeah, he's at the Athletic now. Correct. He's been there for. I mean, well, he also he does other stuff. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he, he went to the, the Fox, Athletic, the Fox broadcast. Yeah. To tell to tell. Uh, him that Billy Epler told him that the team doesn't want to pursue free agents uh, this offseason. I mean, it was as if he had somebody transcribe the conversations that he like. He gave you the full rundown. Yeah, but I think that's all stuff he could have remembered right there in his head. Oh no, I'm not. I, I understand. Oh. There was a lot of detail. Was a my lot point. of detail. Yeah. yeah, he said that the Mets are looking toward 25 and more likely 2026 to be competitive. Yeah, I don't necessarily buy that. I, I understand from his standpoint, maybe that's what they indicated, and they had to give him a reason to waive his no trade clause. And yeah, I, but didn't we? Didn't as the day went on, didn't we get confirmation that not, uh, not, Max Scherzer was correct? Yeah, I don't think to that extent. Well, I think that what what Epler said was we may not have the highest World Series odds or the best World Series odds like we did this year, but we're still going to put a competitive team on the field. Like, I think there's a big middle ground between, you know, the Mets basically folding up shop for next year and running out a bunch of scrubs and being, you know, 30 games under 500. Yeah, but it's essentially the same thing. Like, when... Is it, though? What yeah. did, well, Okay, what did this year's team do? They had the best, the highest payroll in baseball. How'd right, that work out? It didn't work out, but the effort to put the best team on the field for the mm-hmm. fans was there. It didn't work. Okay, but it's August 2nd. Yeah. The trade deadline just came and went. It's a deadline for a reason, right? They had to do what they had to do before the deadline or else you got to wait until the winter. Like, there's a million things that could happen between now and opening day. Or not even say opening day. Start of spring training next year. As far as free agency, as far as trades go, you have an owner with seemingly unlimited resources. They just stockpiled their farm system. They could very well use a couple of those pieces to flip and, and bring somebody else in who's potentially younger could be under team control longer. Like Verlander and and Scherzer, let's call them what they were. They were hired guns. They were mercenaries. We understand why they were brought in. I think the Mets obviously had designs and visions on competing for a World Series, both last year and this year. 
It didn't work out, and they see an opportunity to to pivot and get something back for those guys. Mercenary yeah. piece of crap. There you go. But here's the thing. Even when things were going not horribly wrong for the Mets, uh-huh. Steve Cohen back then said, I don't plan on building this franchise uh, with free agents. Right. So that's why I don't understand why there was like this big surprise. Sure, just like, well, I got I to gotta have a conversation because this, this is a different organizational philosophy than because I've been. In the short term, but like this is not like it just bothers me that it seems like I, I don't, it came across to me, and again, maybe I'm interpreting it wrong or being more sensitive about it than other people. And there did seem to be two differing opinions on Scherzer's comments, both to the athletic and then what he said in his press conference. There were the people that were against what he said, and then the people that were like, oh, I just think he's telling the truth, and I want to know what the conversation yeah. was with Steve Cohen, so on and so forth. But, like, in the short term, I understand what was essentially promised to him here or what lured him here. But, like, that it didn't work out. So, like, this idea that, you know, the Mets behind closed doors are, well, you know, we're going to change our philosophy here. We're going to try and pull the wool over the eyes of the fan base here. Like, I don't think that's what's happening. It felt to me, like, as a Met fan, that Steve Cohen came here and was like, we're going to throw everything at this season to try to get a World Series. And if it doesn't work, we're going to do my philosophy of C in three years. Yeah, but it wasn't just this year. Like, this year they spent more than any year. But he's been – what What number – what season is this for him now? Is this the third third season? I don't even know at this point. But it's been a completely different approach as far as the willingness to spend money and the expectations than we had with the prior regime. So, like, yeah, I saw people yesterday, like – even somebody, somebody somewhere said that, oh, this, uh, you know, the Will Ponds, I, I, I'd rather be under the Will Ponds. They, they, you know, they, they, this is a worse situation than that. I don't understand that point. Like, but as a, as a Met fan now for next year and the year after, like there can't be a single phone call for someone to buy Met season tickets for not, the next two not years. Not at this point. No, but see, again, we're making assumptions but here we're making at 5.30 a.m. on a Monday. Based on, on what? what? What multiple people have said, what Max Scherzer I told you. Honestly, I really don't care what Max Scherzer okay, says then, at this point. Okay, then okay? do you He's care gone. about okay. He failed. He got his money. See you later. Right. You're going to go but pitch the, for the Rangers. It was confirmed by others. Not to the extent Lindor that he said Lindor confirmed it. Steve Cohen to John Heyman confirmed it. Confirmed what? That they're not going to try to win next year at all? Correct. No. Yes. That's not what they said. They Quote, said we're, Steve Cohen. We will be competitive yeah. in 24. That okay. doesn't, you know what that means? Average. That means we'll maybe be in fourth place. That's what that no, means, means to a Mets fan. No, it means that they may not lead the league in payroll or they if, may not if, add to their payroll. But, Al, what does that if guarantee If Brian Cashman you? said this, you guys would be all over him. This is how the Yankees have been operating. Right, and no one's happy about it. Okay, but they're still are, – are they not three out in the wild card race? Like, you guys are talking as if the Mets are going to be the Washington Nationals of this year and next year. Like, they're going to be dead on, you know, on May 1st. You know, 30, 20 games they under might. 500, one of the worst teams in baseball. No, they're not. Based on what? Based on the fact that the he owner told has you unlimited... He's not going to go out and get. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not. Free con- I'm not convinced of that yet. How many more people do you need to tell? Scherzer, Lindor, Steve Cohen himself, Billy Epler. Okay. Four people. Main guys are telling you. I see in two years. Yeah, I don't. I think that's an over. I think that's an oversimplification of what they're saying. Do you think the Mets are going to sell season tickets? Right now, no. But the winter hasn't. We don't know. Like, okay, next. Are winter. they not going to take a run at Shohei Otani? I'm no. not saying they're going to get him. No. Oh, stop. Why would they? You don't think Based that they're going to take everything sh- they've said? No. I would think that's completely. Why though? Because they said they're not going to build through huge, huge free agents, which he is the but biggest they don't ever. Have to, oh, that's fine. But you could. Uh, okay. And why but they would just Otani come here? 
That I, I said, they may not get him, but you don't think Cohen is going to attempt to put together some vision for this guy? Otani no. is not 38-39 with a year or two left. I know, but he already told you he's not building the team that way. And all their not moves all confirm of it. it. Not every move that they make. That's why they're stockpiling the system with prospects because they want to be able to promote some of those guys. It's not gonna you're not gonna feel the team of nine everyday players that you that were homegrown and a full starting rotation of five guys that were homegrown from your system and a bullpen that was homegrown from your system. You have to have a mix. Right. It'll be a mix of mediocre free agents. For who when? are not Next big year? money. Okay. And the year after. How do you know that that doesn't work out? How did this year work out when they spent a gazillion dollars? Right, but, but what I'm saying is they're not getting Otani. I don't know that yet. It. I can't tell you that on August 2nd, or at least that they're not going to make the effort to get him. It's, it goes what? against everything they've said and I, done. I, I think, we're, again, I think we're... That's a, you're you're, you're um, sounding like a delusional Met fan. No, I'm, you're I'm not fan. a delusional Met fan. A obviously. delusional Met fan no, is like, I we're going to get Otani. It's going to be all great. No, what I said is I don't think... Uh, okay. They want to build up their farm system, yes? Yes. Okay. Now, Otani and free agency, does he cost you anything from your farm system? I have no idea how that works. If he's a free agent, you're paying him. Oh, That's just one example. Paying him, got Or, it. hey, everyone's, oh, they paid $36 million to the, the Rangers to get Acuna and send Scherzer away. Okay, well, how much were they going to pay if he stayed? He was going on the books for $43 million next year, right? Mm-hmm. And they had another 15 due this year. So that was 58 million bucks total. Subtract 36. So that's 22 left to play, to work with that they can now wake. Would you rather have Max Scherzer for next year, the version of Max Scherzer that we just saw for a year and change, where he stunk down the stretch last year and came up small in big games against this year, sticky stuff, suspension, Injuries, this, that, they oh, not enough cleats, my hanging sliders, this, that, and the other thing. You want him in the rotation no. next year, or do you want Acuna in your system and potentially a younger pitcher that you can keep under control for longer or that has more upside and time left in their career? But Met fans wanted Justin Verlander to stick around. Okay. Mr. Joe Beningo, That's one of fine. the biggest I Mets understand fans that. Ever. I'm not a Met fan. I get it. But this is also not, you know, in his prime, Justin Verlander. This is a guy next year. That could potentially look like Scherzer did this year. What does Belichick always say with the Patriots? What's his philosophy? He mumbles. I have no okay. idea well, what that the, guy says. Or maybe he doesn't say it out loud, but the thought process with the Patriots is get out a year too early rather than a year too late. And I understand that that's not how this season was put together or designed for the Mets. They went all in. It, it blew up in their face. But what I credit them for is not doing what the Yankees do, which is just keep banging your head against the wall, waiting for the, you know, oh, well, you know, these guys are going to hit. It's in front of us. We hold the pen. You know, Stanton this, Rizzo that, Donaldson. Oh, Donald, JD's going to have Aaron Boone. Oh, JD's going to have a big year. There's the guy still, we, we had the calf injury. We thought we're never going to hear from him again. He's out there taking batting practice, talking like he wants to come back this year. Brian Cashman yesterday, you know, we're in it to win it. Nestor Cortez and Jonathan Loisega. Great. What's, what? What is that? So at least the Mets realized it wasn't working and got something for it instead of running the same thing out there again, expecting the results to change. Would you say this was a Mets sell-off? For this year, yeah, sure. Okay, Billy Epler. Told, yeah, like if we came in this morning Billy and Billy Epler told, told us a couple of days ago this was not going to be a sell-off, and long then he term. did it. No, they, they didn't. No, no. I, did. see, I disagree. They traded guys most for the most part that – were expiring parts for this year. They traded Scherzer, who, yes, had an opt-in for next year. But I don't think, like, Max Scherzer, the version of Max, like, they were getting diminishing returns on Max Scherzer. 
Like, is he a World Series championship no, pitcher we, next year? We, we he keep, wasn't you this keep year. focusing on Max Scherzer. Okay. No Mets and fan Ver- wanted him around. Okay, but that's but but Al, when we talk about oh, all in and the payroll and aggressiveness and this, that, and the other thing, he was at the very top of the list. Right, he and we, Verlander had the exact same contract. And everyone's everyone's slobbering all over Verlander now, who missed the first two months of the season because he was, guess what? Hurt. And has he like the other I love Sal. He came in the other day. You know, Verlander with another dominant start over the weekend. Five and a third innings, a one-run ball is a dominant start now. Yes, in oh, Major stop. League Baseball. Oh, get lost it with is. that, please. We're just talking about Framber Valdez throwing nine, uh, uh, no-hitter, yeah. nine innings, and, 93 pitches. So now you're a $43 million pitcher, yeah. <laughs> five and a third, a one-run ball. Yes. Uh, that's good enough? That's, that's what, what Garrett you Cole gives you every week. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. It's not every week. No. I mean, uh, and now Verlander uh, in July pitched to an e, a sub two ERA. But he's, this is not the Justin Verlander is. that we saw from the Astros that just won a World Series and a Cy Young. He's forty years old now. Yeah, but yeah, it, we're actually it, mixing it up here in the morning you, for a change instead of you know patting whoa. each other on the ass and laughing at each other. If you get five Whoa. innings from your starter in Major League Baseball yeah. in 2023, that is Al, awesome. Not when your bullpen sucks. I know, but, you, you, but we were talking about the bullpen. You were talking but about that's Justin the Verlander. Mets. That's how they're constructed right now. So people want that's to get all hot team. and bothered about Verlander, and they also want to complain, well, the Mets, the bullpen stinks, no Diaz, and Adovino sucks, and I don't have any arms. You, where, do those, where do those guys magically going to come from? You're either going to do what? Pay for them in free agency, or where are they going to come from? The farm system. Oh, how about that? No, but I'm what just saying concept. it takes a couple years, and no one's interested in waiting around. Okay, fine. But what, what? so you want them to do what? Run it back with the same group, with the massive payroll, and when that fails next year, then people will be slaughtering them for that. But, so essentially what you want is you want them to, to, to keep all these guys <laughs> and the big payroll in the hopes that next year it's magically going to turn around, and then when they get off to the same kind of start and we get to next year's trade deadline and we have the same conversation, then what? Well, why couldn't it be? Like, the Mets uh, had big expectations. This of year. course. I'm not denying that. It was a oh, massive well failure. Okay. Is it also true that players have bad years? Yes, but we're talking about two guys that are basically 40 and have been around forever. They're not getting younger. No, I know. And you keep right. Max Scherzer, just take him out of your mind. No, I can't no take him out of my mind. About him. How do, but but they, but we're talking, everyone, oh, Cohen, money, the payroll, all of that. These yeah. are the two guys he paid the most money to right. this season. They were at the top of the list. Correct. So to me, you have to focus on your two highest paid guys okay, in I'm a year. For the argument, just forget about for, uh, forget about Scherzer. He's okay. gone. Great. Med fans were not interested. So, so in now him. there's a like a there's such a divide between where Max Scherzer is and where Justin Verlander Correct. is. Correct. It's that massive now. Yes, it is. Off of six July starts Correct. where Verlander looked he looked good. Not yeah. overwhelming or dominant, but he pitched well. You're gonna shut your asses out on Friday night in the Bronx too. I then don't, what I happens? don't deny that because oh, that's why? what he does to the Yankees. Oh, so he is good. I didn't say he's bad. Oh, didn't say he's bad. And I'm I'm, saying, everyone's hot and bothered right now because it's like, oh, my God, they, all they have is Kodai Senga and, and Jose Quintana for next year. Who Who's taking those spots? Let's wait and see. It's August freaking 2nd. What do we do all winter? We let hot stove. Oh, what are the Mets doing? What are the Yankees doing? Uh, the trademark and the free agency. Oh, oh, pitchers and catchers. Like, we have months to go before we find out what the 2024 Mets are going to look gonna like. They're not just going to create guys out of thin air. We know people who are in the know with these things know uh-huh. who's available. Okay. It's not exciting. You're telling us as Met fans, see you in a couple of years. It's going to be awesome in a couple of years. Yeah, I don't. I don't. That's a long I don't think it's that time. Dr- I don't think it's that drastic. For I don't. Old people like me to wait. I don't think it's that drastic. Old people. 
I'm just saying. We're, we're no talking about wait three years. one year. He, I, uh, That's okay. what you're telling me. You're telling me, look at all these awesome 18-year-olds we got. See in three years. Four years. Again, I think that's an exaggeration of what's actually happening here. And the baseball season is so long. When your team sucks, it is so of course, long. I understand that. I'm not denying any of that. We just said at the beginning of the show, I jokingly said to you, hear that sound? It's baseball season. Yeah. It's over. Okay. But it's like that in 98% of the cities. And that's what's stupid about baseball. All right, well, that's a different conversation. So if it's like that in 98% of the cities, why are we so fixated on Because on the... in this city, we actually care about baseball. Okay. So it's got to be competitive. In most cities, no one cares. We are going to care about it either way. How many bad seasons have the Mets had in the last 20 years? A bunch. Many. People still care. I guess. They still watch. They pay attention. Like, Let's I go to the understand break. understand it's not what you want to hear. It's not as exciting. I mean, thank God we Get got that. Aaron Rodgers because Mets fans are Jets fans. And at least we have something to look forward to. And he said he's going to be here three years, which is just when the Mets will start getting competitive again, which <laughs> yeah. will be great because then he'll leave and then the Mets will have a competitive team ready to rock and roll. Let's take a quick break Two years, here, Three years. You and took then the when, Raisins. You didn't take the Raisins. When we come back, we're going to scream some more about the other topics. Every now and then, I'm sorry. I mean, people complain. I mean, I'm boring. Switzerland, you never take, has to take. So I get fired up for this? a change. People. The people? Yeah. Spike? <laughs> I might be on the list. Bad vegan. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, and then uh, Gio with Joe Beninga will be here at 6 o'clock. And Talk we'll Joe s- off the ledge. We're gonna sc- yeah. You better be in here when Joe's screaming at you, too. Fine. Uh, okay. Back in a moment. Celo and I grappled during the break. We rest, we wrestled to get our energy out. <laughs> I put him in a figure four leg lock. He reversed it on me. Then he gave me a full Nelson. Eddie came in and hit him with a chair. <laughs> then I put him in a sleeper hold. I feel like I got hit by a chair right about now. And right now I just got him in an arm bar. I'm working the arm. I wrote down a couple questions during the break, Celo. See oh. if uh, you could get fired up a little bit okay. more here. I asked, uh, here there's a couple questions. Who had a better trade deadline? Mets oh, wow. Or We're Yankees? sticking with this. Okay. Yeah. The Mets by a mile. Is that right? Yes. Because they did something. Not just that they did something. They did something that Steve Cohen has been talking about since he got here. Whether people like it in the short term or not, I mean, it has to be done eventually. I think the smartest Met fan understands they can't just continue to just keep throwing money at things, throwing money at things, throwing money at things, and assuming it's going to work out. Right? Everyone, everyone's got to pay that bill at some point. It comes back to bite. And this is a different world in baseball. No salary cap. Not comparing it to what goes on in the NFL where teams do that as well. Like what the Rams experienced after they won the Super Bowl. Just to give you a recent example. Probably what the Bucks are going to experience this year in the next couple of years. So it's not apples to apples. But like, it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't working. Now, if you tell me this winter they trade Pete Alonzo and Francisco Lindor and Brandon Nimmo and they strip it down to the studs, we have a different conversation. All I'm saying is, let me wait and see what Steve Cohen, with all of his resources, decides to do this winter with this new president of baseball operations when he gets here, whoever he might be, David Stearns or someone someone else. It's a long way to go to pitchers and catchers. That's all I'm trying to say. So you would say Mets had a better, much better. Dude, the Yankees added a 29-year-old reliever who has bounced around and a guy that just got options to AAA. Second question, CeeLo. 
Who will have a more competitive team next year? The Mets or the Yankees? That's a great question. Yeah, I would, boy. I would assume, to be fair, I'm not going to you know double down here and, and have an asinine take. Realistically, I would think it would be the Yankees. But I... I I don't know the answer to that because mm. there are the off this questions that await them this offseason. Like Giancarlo Stan's contract is not going anywhere. DJ LeMayu's contract is not going. What, are they going to pay these guys to go away? They're going to magically turn it back into what they what they were because that's basically what we all want to believe about you know the Mets situation. Oh, well, it didn't work this year, but it was just a bad year. They'll be fine next year. Are we going to say the same thing about those guys, Anthony Rizzo? Well, Carlos I mean, Rodon's here long term. I mean, it's a couple of starts. I don't want to go nuts, but what if he's no good? But you even were telling me yesterday, Anthony Rizzo had a great first. Yeah, part and I have, of the I have no answer for so what, what the happened? hell happened. So I don't maybe know. It snaps back in. That okay? So that's one of how of how many guys I just listed. A bunch. Okay. Number Anthony three. Volpe gonna you know actually hit over two oh eight and get a couple mixing a couple multi hit games. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Would you rather be a fan of the Mets or the Yankees right now? As we sit here today on August the 2nd. <sighs> Is it more fun? Like, if you're, who's happier? Mets No fans one's happy right now. Or Yankee fans? No one's happy, and I get that. I understand that. I'm not asking you to be happy right now, either fan base. I know as a Yankee fan, I'm almost... I'm almost numb to it right now. And now you say it's spoiled. Hey, they're only three games out. They're above 500. I mean, we got to look deeper. Just like you had to look deeper, not to bring up his name again, but look, Max Scherzer was twenty and nine with an ERA of three in his year and change with the Mets. We all know that if you look deeper between those numbers and look into the starts that were the big leverage spots, the big starts late last year against upper echelon teams this year, he didn't pitch well. He did not. I would say the Mets being a Mets fan is a little more interesting. Because we went from the yeah. World Series favorite to blowing it up. And also, you know, your your owner is extremely aggressive and he just added all these pieces to your farm system, which I get. I'm not a bit I'm not a prospect hugger. I'm not. A yeah, lot I hate of them a, a lot of them don't pan out and they never amount to anything. But you still need I like would you if you go one through thirty, would you rather have a good system or a crappy system? Like you know, good system. Yeah. Now, how you use that, how you develop those guys, or how you flip those assets at some point in a trade to bring in an established guy. Like that's he's trying to add as many weapons to his war chest right now as possible. That's the way I see it. If uh, Steve Cohen's out having dinner, are Met fans going "What up, Steve?" or are they angry with him? I think most Met fans are still going "What what's up, Steve?" Is or, that right? "What up, Steve?" Okay. Yeah. Yeah, especially they might complain to us on the on 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 the airwaves here when they call or on Twitter. But I think face to face they'd be asking for the selfie. Eddie's calling for the sportsman already. It's only fifty three. Sorry, I did a lot of yelling and screaming. It's no, rare. But it's for only fifty three. You know? We go to six to right at the top. <laughs> sportsman is uh, done Amy by Amy Lawrence today? is back. Amy Lawrence. Yep, and she has a hot take on Mets selling off. Is that right? Kind of. I'm Amy Lawrence with an Odyssey Sports Minute. Oh, the irony. The Houston Astros actually did want Justin Verlander on their 23 pitching staff. It's the dynamic duo of Al and Jerry, the superheroes of WFAN. We got another uh, second or so. Uh, CeeLo, I did see this, though. You don't see this a lot in baseball, but Tigers pitcher Eduardo Rodriguez. Yeah. 
used his no trade clause, vetoed a trade to the Dodgers. I saw that, yeah. Why I, would he do that? I read that he wanted to be closer to his family on the East Coast. Whether that's true or not, I, I couldn't tell you. They said they had the whole deal in place for him yeah. to go to the Dodgers, a competitive team. They probably and, figured out oh, this is a layup. He's yeah. going to wave that no trade. And he said, no, nah. nah, not so much. Love it here in Detroit. And he's, uh, I think, a free agent after this year. So then is he'll he just get already. I, like... I think that's what the articles are saying, which All is right. another reason why I thought, well, maybe he just is like, ah, let me finish the season here near my family yeah. and then I'll figure it out after. That's that. an example of a free agent deal that did not work out so well. He no, got paid by the Tigers. WFAN, WFAN FM, WFAN FM HD1, New York, always live on the free Odyssey app.